morning, everyone, and welcome to Prospects After Dark. It is Sunday, February 10th. Uh, 2019, not 2018 like I was about ready to say. I am Kyle Reese. I am your host. This is Prospects After Dark on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock Central. We do it every Sunday when uh, there isn't a Super Bowl or anything crazy going on. The Grammys are going on tonight. No one cares about the Grammys, so instead we'll do Prospects After Dark. Uh, As everyone comes in, I say hello. Now, tonight's Prospects After Dark is going to come with a small little caveat. Now, I've had uh, a sinus infection, uh, a head cold for the last two weeks almost, and uh, my voice is kind of cutting in and out. It's not as uh, uh, as strong and as booming as it has the potential to be. So this might be a short pad. Uh, we'll go as long as we possibly can. I have tea with bourbon in it. I have bourbon with bourbon in it, and I have water. So we're going to hope to make this last uh, a- a- as long as possible. Skip says, hey, uh, I believe that tweet comes from, uh, 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 son of a bitch, I'm going to mess it up. I-, I don't remember who that comes from, that comment. Uh, 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 Topher uh, Roden, who has been sending pictures of his dog and videos of his dog running around. I love that. Thank you, Topher. Uh, that's that cold with some purple drink. That's right. So again, I've got some tea. I don't even know what kind of tight tea it is. I have bourbon in there. Um, what kind of bourbon? Tonight, uh, uh, Mr. G Brown 512 I'm just drinking Jim Beam Devil's Cut. That's in my beautiful and amazing Prospects After Dark mug that the Cardinals, uh, that Cardinals Gifts gave me. So to you guys, we cheers to you. Friggin' cards, what's up? What's up? Uh, okay, so uh, Kyle Hunter sits back and watches from Rebby Grill. Look, I'm not, I don't have much to say about Hunter. I'm glad all that stuff's in the past. Again, my main issue with what happened last week with the reporting of a fake Paul Goldschmidt extension, uh, it's a three-part problem that I have. The first one is it goes to show all of us, not just Hunter, not just the, the professionals, not just us amateurs, that there's a process that you go by to protect yourself. And you went, you know, it's there to get to the get to the truth of the matter, but it's also there to protect yourself. And that's why it's there to protect yourself. Uh, I'm not going to comment on Hunter. I'm not going to comment on Easton. I don't really know what happened there. I don't think any of us knows what happened there. Uh, I'm just glad it's in the past and we can move on. I have no problem calling him out on his shit. I have a problem with him leaking his number. Yeah, I have a problem with that too. Uh, can I get a backstory on Easton Leonard? I have no backstory or else I'd give it to you. How about this? Uh, I know that it's a hot topic and maybe I thought that with a week passing, we wouldn't talk about it so much. Let's just move on past it. Look, we've got the Dirty 35 to talk about. Uh, we, As you guys know, I've, I've done a ton of work. We had the graduates uh, released on Friday. We had the uh, like the best of the rest, the Million Prospect mark, March released today. Let's focus on that. Uh, B Sports says, I hope you feel better, Kyle. I Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, how dirty is the 35 from Rebby Grill? Rebby, it's so dirty. Uh, again, if you haven't checked it out, go to Birds on the Black. On Friday, we released the graduates, the four players that are still considered prospects, sort of, uh, that I'm not including on the list. And then today, I did uh, the, the Million Prospect March, or the March of the Prospects. And uh, that there's a lot of work that went into that. It's a beautiful piece. It takes a little while to get through, but I, it's 10 pretty in-depth write-ups on 10 players and then 20 additional thoughts on some 20 different players. Uh, please enjoy it. Please give me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Remember, the Dirty 35 is the prospect countdown of the people, so whatever you want. Can we talk about how bad Bob Nightingale is? Uh, look, I, 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 I. So... You know, one thing I've been trying to do lately is not be so critical of the media members. Look, being in the media is not easy. There's a lot to go on. But what I will tell you, and I worked all day this morning. Uh, I, I, I left my house a little after 5 o'clock this morning. It took me almost an hour and a half to get into work because of the treacherous roads here in St. Louis. I didn't get to read the piece, but I will tell you that 
I do have a fundamental issue with Bob Nightingale writing an article where it almost seems like he's trying to get Addison Russell out of the doghouse. Uh, and remember, the doghouse that Addison Russell in, is in, it's not like the Tommy Pham doghouse where he said some shit about some fans uh, that don't show up to a game anyways. Uh, anybody who makes a conscious effort to get Addison Russell out of trouble is kind of a, a dork, kind of a jackass. Uh, now, I also want to say that Everyone should have an opportunity to tell their side of the story. Without reading Nightingale's narrative, I can't really comment on what the piece was saying, so I'm going to hold off. But what I will say is that uh, the way that he framed it in the tweet came across like a fuck, and that's embarrassing. Oh, it was an article, an old article from 20, 2017. See, I don't even know what's going on. Do you ever have any conversations with the Baseball America people? Would you enjoy doing that job? Look, I'm a... You know, I don't like talking about that stuff. You know, a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, I try not to really get into. What I will tell you is that I really appreciate a great deal of the work that the Baseball America people do. Uh, I stopped subscribing maybe about six months ago. Uh, that's only because I'm fully into my own system, my own process, and I don't want to have, like, too much uh, outside sources giving me information and swaying me and... But I appreciate what they do. I think what they do is amazing. And honestly, like, if my life wasn't different and it was something that I thought that I was good enough to do professionally, then I would think about doing it that way. But I'm not that good. I'm just a guy who has some opinions who likes to talk. Uh, thoughts on Ariana Grande's new album from Enchill. Uh, Enchill had a birthday earlier in the week. I raised my bourbon tea to you. Uh, so for those of you who read the Graduates article, the picture of Alex Reyes, uh, it's his head imposed on a male cheerleader holding up a sign that says prospects after dark that's actually the for real end chill so to end chill we raise our glass uh i so anyways i didn't uh hey Audge, how are you there's your shout out um i didn't get a chance to listen to ariana grande uh i would listen to it if it came on though uh let's see grande's ass i want to get in area oh boy uh that was the first pad promo that's right oh so do they ever ask me this is what i'll tell you again i'm not gonna the baseball america people have never asked me their thoughts but i will say there are other outlets that have reached out to me about things uh wanting to get clarification i've had other outlets tell me that they've read my stuff and have used that uh but again i'm not going to get into that that's self like, I feel like I'm trying to put myself on a pedestal when I talk about that stuff, and I don't, I don't want to go there. How do you feel about Derek Dietrich? Should we get in on that? The problem with getting in on someone like Derek Dietrich is when you have Jairo Munoz and uh, uh, Jed Jerko and Jose Martinez already on the roster, even though he's got that left-handed bat, it's kind of a null and void thing, right? I do think Drew Robinson is, like, in their minds, they think Drew Robinson can be their Derek Dietrich. And uh, I don't believe that, but I think they do. Uh, you should be on a pedestal. I should not be on a pedestal. Uh, Kyle, what days are you going to be in Jupiter? Uh, from the, our KC Cards fan there, uh, Halberstram. You know, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Jupiter. I was looking at airfare today. Uh, but beyond that, the, the family issue I have, some personal stuff going on, I'm not going to be able to make it. I, I want to go at the end of March, but I'm just not going to be able to make it, unfortunately. Uh, oh, hey, my cousin Charlie, who also had a birthday about a week ago. Uh, my, my cousin Charlie, who likes to tweet at the Marta in Atlanta. Uh, Charlie, I love you, buddy. Uh, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, what if your airfare was free? So the issue, the main issue, again, it would be awesome to have my airfare paid for. But the main issue is that uh, a, a family issue that I have going on and, like, the timetable for that's kind of weird. And uh, that's what makes it hard for me to, to leave. Or else I probably would have. 
Kyle should be on a 15-foot pedestal with a cage surrounding him and bourbon-sized holes. I like that. Uh, lame, our Casey Cards fan says. God damn it, Kyle answered the question. Charlie, did you say something? I missed it. Uh, leave the Marta alone. Start a GoFundMe to get Kyle to Jupiter. Hello, Christian. How are you? Uh, Christian, I know you're going through some stuff. I'm going to raise my bourbon glass to you, buddy. Uh, to you and your family. You know, I, we, we talked about it earlier in the week, but I wish you guys nothing but the best. Travis Mack asks, am I still planning on making it to Springfield in April? I'm going to try. So the thing is, uh, again, because of the family issue, I can't plan too far in advance. The plan right now is, yeah, I want to be in Springfield in April, but I just, the next couple months could be very weird. Uh, I would chip in for a GoFundMe. Be quiet. Uh, do you still work for the road crew? I do, yeah. And I'll tell you what, the driving to work this morning was the most treacherous driving to work I've ever had in my life. Uh, it was exhausting. And uh, there were people spinning out, and there were a ton of accidents, and I got in, and I only had one little hiccup, and it wasn't even a hiccup, it was hilarious. And uh, my guys and were out all morning, and I was out all morning, and uh, I hope everyone's safe. Uh, the real Muto deal is Sixto too much. I don't think so. Now, the other thing to remember about Sixto Sanchez is that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that the X is silent and all that other stuff. Uh, do you think Harper gets signed before P's and C's report? I do not. Uh, the the thing about uh, Sanchez, well, I'm just going to call him Sanchez, uh, is that he's dealt with arm injuries in the past. And sure, if those arm injuries weren't there, then you would think, man, maybe. But I don't think we understand just how good JT Real Muto is. Like, it, we're spoiled with Yachty. And he was never as good as Yachty was uh, when Yachty was at his best. But JT Real Muto is one of the... I think he's the best catcher in baseball. You'd have a hard argument saying he's outside of the top two or three. And, uh, uh, you know... I think I almost, I think it's a very fair trade. I like Sixto Sanchez. Uh, I, I like JT Real Muto. I like some of the other players. The international money's whatever. Uh, but I, uh, I I like Jorge Alfaro. I think it's a good trade. I think it's a good baseball trade for both teams. If I were the Marlins, I probably would have want something that's a little bit more sure bet than a guy with an arm, in, arm issue. But, uh, you know, you do the best you can. Uh, should, we, should we believe Mo saying roster addition would cause confusion or is he blowing smoke? Hey, Mr. Hicks is in here. Hello, Mr. Hicks. So we've got a couple different things going on, Mr. Hicks. We've got bourbon in a bourbon glass. We've got bourbon in a tea cup. Well, I'm drinking tea and hoping that I don't lose my voice. But as you know, uh, we raise our bourbon glass to Mr. Jason Hicks, uh, the godfather of Prospects After Dark. Uh, Mrs. Jennifer Hicks, the queen of Prospects After Dark, and the patron prospect himself, the prince of Prospects After Dark, Jordan Hicks. Uh, assuming they could sign him to an uh, extension, would you do Arenado for Martinez Fowler, Jed Gorman? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I would. Uh, and look, we'll get to Gorman here in a little bit. I'm sure that that's going to get brought up. I'll be talking about Gorman plenty in the Dirty 35, and I'm anxious to get into it with you guys there. Uh, but yeah, I, I would definitely take, uh, I would definitely take a shot at something like that. And again, I didn't see the, the actual rundown. Let me go back to it. Martinez, Fowler, Jed, not, I probably wouldn't include Jed and Montero, or, uh, Gorman and Montero. It'd have to be one or the other. And I'd rather trade Gorman than Montero. Uh, oh, hey, Anna's in here. Hello, Anna. Uh, hello. And so is, uh, Josh. Uh, audio is fine. All right. So Eller Market asked a little while ago, our good friend Steve Eller, uh, asked, do you think Reyes, Gomber, Ponce de Leon, and Hudson will start in Memphis to start the season? So uh, my first thought is immediately with Reyes. I have no thoughts at all about how Jose Re or Jose Reyes, Jesus, with how Alex Reyes will start the season. Uh, I I'm I'm, ex I'm not gonna like comment on that. I don't know. Like I don't have the slightest idea what to expect or what to think. I know they say he's healthy. I'm holding off hope. I just want to see what it looks like in spring. 
But I do think that one of either Gomber, Ponce de Leon, or Hudson will be in the bullpen. And I think that the other two, whoever that ends up being, uh, will, will end up, uh, pitching out of Memphis's rotation or out of Memphis's bullpen prepared to get called up. If Mo gets Jose Reyes, I'm a Mets fan. That's all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, why is Jed Jerko still on the team from our good friend Hayden March? Hello, Hayden. Uh, would you consider trading Alex Reyes if he isn't healthy after this season? If he's not healthy after this season, he he won't have very much value. And I I mean that's so the tough thing with that Alex Reyes is you either had to trade him last off season or the off season before or the off season before to maximize his value. And like or maybe now if he's healthy at spring training, that's when you would trade him to try to maximize his value. Uh, but he's either going to be the player that you hold on to because he's so good, or you get rid of because he's he's unhealthy. And at that point, he doesn't have much in the way of value. Somebody might take a flare off, flyer on him, but then you would have to ask yourself, is that flyer to take on Alex Reyes better for you or to give it to someone else at a reduced, reduced, reduced price? Uh Let's see. So somebody, uh, Hayden March, why is Jed Jerko still on the team? My guess is they've had trouble finding a trade partner. And also, one thing I keep going to is Jed Jerko is tremendous uh, insurance in case Matt Carpenter can't handle third base defensively. And that's not something that we can necessarily say about Jairo Munoz. So I understand why he's still on the roster. He could be a very important bench bat. We'll see what happens. Uh, somebody said John Greco says no way you trade Reyes. And I agree. I don't think that that happens. I, the question was po- The question that was poised pose rather was after the season would you consider trading if he isn't healthy and the answer is yes I absolutely would uh, but the question then becomes if he isn't healthy this year what does that mean for him in the long run and I, I can't imagine him having much in the way of trade value uh, any news on Terry Fuller so check out the uh, the the, the uh, uh, March of the Prospects that we wrote today. I wrote a very, very small little snippet about Terry Fuller. Uh, I was just reading about him earlier in the week. Rumor has it he's healthy and ready to go. He'll probably start at Johnson City, and we'll see. But again, uh, he, Victor Garcia, and uh, Jorge Soler, they're the three outfielders that are about the same age with about the same uh, skill level uh, and seasoning. Keep an eye on all three of those. Uh, Reyes is still too valuable at this time from our good friend Randall Rhodes. I... Again, it all depends on what you might be able to get in return, but I agree. And one thing that I said on the uh, Two Birds on a Bat podcast that we do on Wednesdays is Alex Reyes ends up being a complete wild card for this team. If Whether he's pitching out of the bullpen or the rotation, like, they need that. They absolutely knew that, need that, and they can't really fuck around with that. Like, they can't uh, – uh, uh, Carlos, I say Jorge, I'm sorry. Uh, Carlos Soler, I'm sorry. Carlos Soler. Uh, that's my brain acting weird. Uh, but they can't, like uh, – uh, they can't – Alex Reyes is just so damn important. And right now, I agree. You don't trade him. You would never get that equal value because of coming off of two surgeries, two major surgeries. And, uh, you know, anything could happen. How is my prospect Malcolm Nunez doing from the Fisher 19? You know, Fisher, I haven't had any updates. I was told that the visa issue should be taken care of, so he'll be playing stateside this year. More than likely, I would think that's Johnson City. I don't think that he goes to the Gulf Coast League. I think they skipped that. Uh, John Torres is going to be the other interesting one. Now, John Torres was in the Gulf Coast League. Uh, and more than likely, he'll be at Peoria. I can see them getting aggressive with him at Peoria. Uh, Sosa on the MLB roster from Rebby Grill. Uh, we're talking about Edmundo. I would think that there would need to be at least two roster spots cleared uh, via trade or two roster spots cleared via injury before something like that happens. Uh, if somebody said if he plays in Johnson City, you'll go see him. I love that. I would like to see him too. John, that's like uh, 
that's one place that's tough for me to get to. Uh, but I think about going for sure. Ronnie Williams is a goat. Now, Ronnie Williams. Ronnie Williams lost all nearly all of his 2018 season because of uh, Tommy John surgery. And I know that he's been working his way back from Tommy John. From what I understand, the, uh, 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 the rehab has gone extremely well. And he looks like he'll be ready to pitch at some point during the season. Now, last year, the Cardinals moved him from the starting rotation to the bullpen, and he really seemed to take off before having Tommy John. Uh, I've got nothing but the highest hopes and the highest like uh, regard for Ronnie Williams. I like Ronnie Williams a lot. And uh, I think that uh, he could be an interesting bullpen piece moving forward. Kyle, I live an hour away from Johnson City from the Fish. Yeah, you were, uh, you were talking about Knoxville, Tennessee in the group chat the other day. Will the DH be in the NL just in time for Luke and Baker? Uh, it seems like there's a chance uh, that something like that could happen. But what we were talking about in our uh, Prospects After Dark group chat earlier in the week is I don't necessarily think Luke and Baker is as bad of a, a first baseman as a lot of other people do. Now, he is clunky, and his footwork, and he's not agile over there. He's not graceful. But he can handle first base. Part of the reason why the, the scouting reports were down on him as a first baseman was, A, because he's missed he missed half of his sophomore year and half of his junior year uh, uh, because of injuries, two freak accidents. And he started off as a freshman as a pitcher, and he played first then too. So what I will tell you is when I watched him at Peoria, I saw a guy who's sure he's not graceful, and you wouldn't, like, but he's okay over there. He's major league right below average. He's not as bad as Jose Martinez is. Uh, but he's not as good as Matt Carpenter is. You know, he's he's one of those type players. I was never a big fan of Matt Adams at first base. Uh, I, I didn't think he was that particularly that good. Now, compared to an outfield version of Matt Adams, like, you know, yikes. Uh, but to me, he's like, he's, he's shades closer to Matt Carpenter than he does to Jose Martinez. He's not great. But remember, this is a guy who had major leg surgery, uh, major sh- major arm surgery, and he's just getting his way back into playing the position regularly. I don't think agility will ever be uh, Luke and Baker's game, but I don't think he's as bad as maybe some of the scouts m- made it sound. They should just start the DH now, only OJ sucks with a glove more than Seamart. I like that from Sweaty Teddy. Uh, who do you think is going to make their MLB debuts this season? Oh, wait, so hold on. My cousin, uh, so you're saying Reyes will pitch the wild card game for the Cardinals. That's exactly what I'm saying, Charlie. Uh, Jack, and then a bunch of numbers said, do you think, uh, who do you think is going to make their MLB debut this year? Genesis Cabrera. <coughs> Pardon me, fam. Uh, Genesis Cabrera. Ryan Helsley. Uh, Seth Elledge, maybe. Um, that's an interesting one. Tommy Edmond, potentially in September. Uh, any one of the pitchers, Evan Kurchinski, Casey Meisner, anything could happen there. Jake Woodford could end up getting a call. Uh, you know, I think when it's all said and done, you're talking about somewhere between 8 and 13 players at a major, major league debut. A lot of guys who might not be on the Dirty 35. Our number 35 prospect. Now, I'm going to spoil this. On Tuesday, we're going to start rolling out our Dirty 35. My number 35 prospect isn't even a prospect. He's a nine-year minor league veteran, and I just wanted to write about him because I've never really written about him. He's been at the major league or the AAA level for a really long time, and he really is just like a logjam of first baseman away from getting a ma- making a major league debut. And his major league debut will be similar to Nick Martini's or uh, Xavier Scruggs or uh, Jeremy Hazelbaker as like a peak. But I, my number 35 prospect is Ron Hell Ravelo. He's a first baseman, somewhat-ish outfielder. At Memphis, and I put him 35th because, again, he has a really good bat. He probably doesn't have a road to the major leagues, uh, but he's the kind of guy you root for. And I wanted to write about him because I've never written about him. And when you have 35 prospects, you can take liberties with the list. Uh, Genesis or Henesis Cabrera will have an 8-bit reaction gift by the end of. Yeah, oh, I agree about that. 
Uh, Jasticles, Josh asked, did Luke and Baker make the Dirty 35? Haven't gotten the chance to read it yet. So what we'll do, for those of you who don't know how the Dirty 35 works, starting on Tuesday, once a day, we'll roll out another prospect. We'll start at prospect 35, and we'll work our way to prospect number one. Luke and Baker's on the list, and he's closer to the top than he is to the back, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I used to date Hennessy's Cabrera, not gay. Hashtag not gay, that's funny. Uh... If Genesis or if Genesis Cabrera ever closes, will he change his name to uh, Revelation? I hope so. I hope I hope if Genesis Cabrera becomes a closer and he gets his own walkout music, that it's just like Genesis music over and over again. Our buddy intern Matt, hey Matt, how are you, buddy? Have you seen the pick of Will Smith as the genie from Aladdin? I have not. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, how insane is it that Harper is not signed anywhere yet? Charlie, you and I were talking about this last weekend over at Comet. <laughs> Pardon me, fam. Uh, I, I it blows my mind. I can't believe it. He and Machado. I thought Machado would have signed. I thought Machado would have realized, and uh, Dan Lozano would have realized that his market was a little different, maybe not as aggressive, and that they would have compromised. But they think they're going to get more money than what's been uh, uh, what's been given to them. Can you give from Lucy Bird? Can you give a high level review of Henesis Cabrera? I can, and it'll come in my Dirty 35 uh, write-up, which honestly will be pretty damn close to the top of the list. He's a top 10 prospect. I'm not going to say how deep into the, the top 10 he is, uh, but that's when you'll get like my full-on write-up about him. What I'll tell you is a lot of the issues he had in the Tampa Bay organization – uh, he didn't have in the Cardinals organization. And part of that was because in Tampa Bay, they forced him to throw his changeup because they wanted him to get a better feel for his changeup. But when you throw a slider, a changeup, and a fastball, or a slider, a curveball, and a fastball, as good as Hennessy's Cabrera throws those pitches, you don't necessarily need a changeup. A changeup can just be your change of pace pitch. Uh, the Tampa Bay was kind of throwing that on him, and that's part of the reason why his stats sucked. Uh, he's better than his stats. He was always playing it against talent that was older and more advanced than him, and he held his own. Uh, I believe he can be a starter in like the mid rotation uh, with a back end rotation and a back end of the bullpen fallback. Uh, Hennessy Cabrera is better than anyone gave him credit for, except for myself and STL Cup of Joe, who I love and admire greatly for the Athletic, uh, who you should subscribe. You should subscribe for because I mean it's worth getting it just for Joe, and then you get all the national people too, uh, and then like great articles. So you know I've been critical about of Mark Saxon on here in the past. But I want to say that article that Mark Saxon wrote about Alex Reyes and his rehab is worth reading a hundred times over. It was incredible. That's Mark Saxon at his best. That's the Mark Saxon that I love and know. And uh, that was a great piece. And again, you, you should read it. Uh, let's see. I think Henesis has a crazy good spring and makes a team over Cecil. That could very well happen. So, you know, the other thing is it's not just – the thing about Henesis is it's not just over Cecil, right? It will be over the other four lefties – on the 40-man. So you're talking about Tyler Webb, Jason Shreve, Cecil, and Austin Gomber. And that's what makes the Henesis out of the bullpen to start the year a little bit aggressive. Uh, but we'll see. Anything could happen. I think the Cardinals know, and I think that Mr. Schilt knows, as maybe compared to Mr. Matheny, that they need to get off to a good start. They can't uh, wade in the water for three months of the year and hope for the best. Uh, Lil Wee's 15 asks... Oh, Langosh didn't have O'Neal O'Neal on the opening day roster. If Aiden Penn can't just have Jed and infield off bench, thoughts. So that's a that's a broken thing, and I understand you don't have a lot of characters. Uh, so what I'll say is 
I think that moving Tyler O'Neill to the minor leagues is the biggest waste of time that you could possibly do. And I would think that you would need that you would you would have to sell somebody to get him at the major league level. I've been very very vocal, and I wrote about it in the graduates article that came out on Friday for Birds on the Black about saying that anything less than 400 plate appearances for Tyler O'Neill at the major league level hurts his long term future. Uh, he has to have 400 at bats at the major league level this year. Plate appearances, not at bats. Uh, and that's the only way he's ever going to be able to reach his peak when you need him next year. Other than that, if you're getting him 200 at-bats at the Major League level and 500 at-bats at the minors, and that's not actually going to happen, but you know what I mean. Like, if he's getting a ton of bats at the minors, he's got nothing to prove down there. He's got nothing to work on. He's not going to get any better in the minor leagues. He needs to be at the Major League level. He needs to get those at-bats. He needs to be starting every day. Look, they have – he should – between between Tyler O'Neill, Dexter Fowler – uh, uh, Harrison Bader and Marcel Ozuna. It's for me. It'd be O'Neill and left, O'Neill and center, O'Neill and right. Day off. O'Neill and center, O'Neill and se- or O'Neill and left, O'Neill and center, O'Neill and right. Day off. I would do that until one of those three guys. Uh, one of those three guys. When I say that, I mean Fowler, Bader, O'Neill separates themselves from the other uh, and, and earns the at bats. But early on in the year, that's what I would do. Oh, give Ozuna a day of rest. Give Bader a day of rest uh, against you know any good pitcher. And and get or get Fowler rest too. That's that's how I'd handle it. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals signing Tommy Lane on an MILB deal? I love it. Look, you can never have enough pitching depth. I if they signed a million and a half pitchers to minor league deals, I'm fine with it. You can put all those guys in the minor league bullpen and hope for the best. FMK Taco Bell, Chick Fil A, and Arby's. Well, you only get to look again. We with these FMKs, there's some that like we think we have a choice. But Arby's is going to fuck you. You don't stand a chance. Like, you don't get to make that choice. Arby's makes a choice. Arby's gets the F. Uh, Chick-fil-A, you'd marry uh, on every day but Sunday. And uh, then you'd have to kill Taco Bell. Sorry, Taco Bell. No, I take it back. You marry Taco Bell and you kill Chick-fil-A because they're only putting out six out of seven days. Uh, why does Bader ever deserve – why does Bader even deserve every day center – every day at bats? <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Harrison Bader is a hot-button topic for the Cardinals fan base. I will tell you that I I think he did enough last year to have earned the center field job entering 2019. I just don't necessarily think, and this goes for Ozuna and Fowler too, I don't think any one of those three guys should be guaranteed a starting spot this year. And I think that if the Cardinals would do very well to have a four-man outfield with a solid rotation where all of those guys are getting rest. Dexter Fowler's lower half needs rest. Uh, Marcelo Zuna's upper half needs rest. Harrison Bader runs around like a maniac. He's probably going to need rest. Uh, if you feel comfortable with Tyler O'Neill in center, then you have a great battery, a four-man battery that you can really utilize. And I don't know what that means for Jose Martinez or Jairo Munoz. I wouldn't care at all, to be honest. Uh, Harrison Bader has basically been the face of the franchise this offseason. That's another thing. Now, uh, we've talked about this in the past. What can you expect? I would expect Harrison Bader to get that uh, extension, that spring training extension that they've given out to Colton Wong and... Uh, uh, Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter in the past. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, does Gant, Gomber, Hudson, or another deserve a spot start later in the year or a bullpen call-up? So the one thing we need to say, uh, STL loves Bader too. Yeah, women love Bader. Women, women men, and uh, so the, here's why Harrison Bader is a perfect example of like why it's hard for the Cardinals to like not start him from a marketing standpoint, right? Because all those old Whitey Ball fans love him and they hate everything about the modern game. Uh, we love him, you know, the, the younger fans, because he's a fun player who's goofy and sexy and all that shit. Women love him because he's sexy. Kids love him because they can emulate him. Uh, he plays the game the right way, and he's a great asset to have if you're running a company. Let's see. Uh, there was a question that I was going to get to. 
Uh, oh, so remember with uh, the the does Gant Gomber Hudson get a spot start later in the year? Look, I would ex- I would anticipate seeing a lot of Gant, a lot of Gomber, and a lot of Hudson throughout the year. Remember, Gant doesn't have an option here. So more than likely, like that's a guy who's auditioning in spring training for a job in another organization as a starter. If uh, John Gann has a great spring training, don't be surprised that some other organization is trying to trade for him. Uh, Kimbrell wants too much. I agree. But again, Kimbrell's issue isn't too much. It's too many years, right? That's the issue with Craig Kimbrell. Our good friend Kiefer Dean Roach three minutes ago said, you know the front office wants Bader out there every day. You're 100% correct. And you know, uh, he fits Mike Schilt's MO too. Mike Schilt's going to want him out there every day. Uh, Kyle, where do you fall uh, with the city-county merger? Uh, so I I am a government employee, and that is something I can actually not comment on. So I apologize for that. Um, uh, yeah, men too also love Tyler O'Neill because he's sexy. The Cardinals, if they would have, if they just would have gotten rid of Marcelo Zuna and said, you know, screwed Exer Fowler, they could have had the sexiest outfield in the history of baseball with Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill. And Bryce Harper, and here we are dealing with just an average-looking outfielder, and that's not good outfield, and that's not good enough for me. Uh, uh, let's see, Waka gone at deadline. Don't see the, them going long term with him. Hardfire twenty-seven. I agree. Again, a hardfire twenty-seven. It's got lost, and we talked about it many minutes. But again, thank you for that crown royal a little while back. I just wanted to say that again. Uh, you're a good, you're a good man, and I appreciate that. Uh, to your point, though. The tough thing about trading Michael Waka at the deadline is that would mean one of three things, right? Uh, that would mean, well, that would mean that the Cardinals were out of it and that he was not performing well. Because the only way the Cardinals are going to trade him is if he's not performing well. And at that point, that would mean that they would have to be out of it because if he's performing well, they're going to keep him. Uh, because his value probably won't be as high to another, to another organization as it will be to them at that point. And it's, it's just really, really hard to envision them trading Michael Waka, uh, once we get out of spring training. And even in spring training, I, I think it'd be hard to envision trading, uh, trading him. Mike Myers, Myers or Yairo Munez for one of the last spots. Uh, I'm not a Mike Myers guy. I wish him nothing but the best. That flat fastball concerns me. He doesn't do enough with his off-speed stuff. Uh, look, I don't know how I feel about the 25 man. The 25 man is such a weird cluster of players. Uh, uh, and I'm apprehensive about committing to having any thoughts about what the 25-man looks like. Uh, I'm nervous about it. I'm concerned about it. And I don't know what direction they go with it. Look, between Gyro and Jerko and Jose Martinez, uh, there's a lot of questions there. What they're going to do with Tyler O'Neill, how they how they manage that. Uh, they love Drew Robinson, and Drew Robinson is a left-handed swinger. He gets an extra little, you know, uh, asterisk to pay attention to. It just... There's a lot of intrigues. There are a lot of stories, and I don't know what it's going to look like. But uh, if there's something that, you know, if there's something maybe worth keeping an eye on is I do think the Cardinals will do everything they can to find a way to get Drew Robinson onto the 25-man, and I don't know how they get there. Uh, the other thing is, as we always know, and I think my cousin Charlie just said it a second ago, spring training is usually a time for injuries, and these matters have a way of sorting themselves out. Uh, what I know is, look, I love I love Gyro. I love... Jose Martinez. I love Tyler O'Neill. I love Jed Jerko. And I love that they have options. What I know is that they have a solid amount of depth that if when they leave spring training, they're going to be a pretty good team. Oh, hey, Craig Mish is in here. Hello, Craig. How are you? I raised my glass. You've been doing incredible work. Uh, congratulations on the JT Real Muto trade. Uh, I can't imagine how hard it is for you to have him, uh, have him leave. That's a bummer. Josh asked, Gant, Gomber, Hudson, Ponce de Leon, who has the highest ceiling? 
I think everyone would probably agree that it's Dakota Hudson, right? If Dakota Hudson could just work on commanding his two-seam fastball, then he, uh, he'd probably have the potential to be a mid-order, a mid-rotation arm. But the problem is he has a lot of trouble commanding that two-seam. He doesn't necessarily know where it's going, and he ends up working behind in counts. I would like to see him use either his cutter or his slider, because he throws a cutter and a slider, uh, earlier in counts to get ahead of pitcher uh, hitters, because he has a better feel for those pitches. Uh, but he usually starts off with a two-seamer. We know from Yachty, Yachty likes to go fastball uh, to open a, to start a count more than you know more than a lot of other catchers do. So of all those pitchers, uh, then I would definitely say who has the highest ceiling, it's Dakota Hudson. It's just a matter of if he can command that two-seamer. I mean, it really is just that important. Um, and then after that, I'm a big fan of Daniel Ponce de Leon. I think Daniel Ponce de Leon could be a lockdown reliever uh, at the back end. I think Austin Gomber could still be a very good starting pitcher. Uh, he'd be, he would easily be in the rotation of a second, uh, you know, a second division team. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. We had a bunch of stuff happen. Love that mesh. Uh, I'm getting tingly thinking about baseball. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's right, Mr. Mesh. Time for Cardinal Spring training. I agree. A Goldie slash line prediction for the year. Uh, how about this? I'll say 282, 377, 481, something like that. Uh, yeah, I, again, so the, the, somebody said they love Daniel Ponce de Leon, they love the moxie. Uh, when I wrote about him in The Graduates, look, it's not just about the way he re rebounded from taking that line drive to the head last May in a game in Memphis, uh, but it's more than that. The guy was drafted four different times. The Cubs, uh, signed him and then revoked their contract after they signed, or after they drafted him because of medical issues. Uh, and then he was drafted by Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, the Cubs, and Tampa Bay, I think. And he's just, he has a great story, and he's he's been put through the ringer, and he played amazing, and he developed a changeup, uh, a new changeup that pushed him over the top at the major league level. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, gonna miss those glasses though. Yeah, that's the the Rex specs. He had a corrective eye surgery this offseason, and he won't be wearing the Rex specs, and I'm pretty heartbroken about that. Uh, to hell with the AAF, get me some baseballs. Hey, J uh, Jeff Niehaus is in here. Hello, Jeff. How are you? So, again, what we're drinking tonight is we're drinking Devil's Cut Bourbon in this glass. Uh, we're drinking tea with, actually, uh, Buffalo Trace Bourbon in this glass. And then we have water, which I am going to take a big kick of. Uh, Josh says, Michaelis over under 327, 3.27 ERA. I'll say under, but only by, like, mere one hundredth of points. Should be 30 players on the active roster, give more players opportunity to play. So the only thing about having more players on an active roster or having a 30-man active roster is a lot of teams will still just use their cheap talent to fill that, and it'll just give them more pitching options, which makes games probably substantially longer than what they already are, unless they had like some rule that came with dividing up the lineup properly or some shit like that. Uh, but... The other issue is that they're just going to use minor leaguers, and they're going to be on shuttles from major league to triple uh, A or double A or single A, wherever they come from, uh, which will increase their pay, which is awesome. But it doesn't do them any good in the long run because most of the time when kids come up to the majors, they need regular bats to adjust to the major league lifestyle. So 30 is a little excessive. I have been on board for a long time with the 26-man roster. I think just one addition makes a world of difference. And I'd like to see something like that. Uh, the Reds would be major contenders if they had anything close to our rotation, right? From Edwin Pevisich. Uh I would think so, but don't... 
So the Reds, right, if they ended up getting Keuchel or something like that, that would be a great addition for them. But I personally don't think the Reds' pitching is as bad as a lot of other people think it is. I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's as bad as a lot of other people think it is. Uh, I'm a big fan of Di Scafani, or Di Scafani or whatever his name is, who I'm mispronouncing, and I apologize for that. I like their bullpen a lot. I think their bullpen's really solid. I think it's going to be very, very good, very, very solid. And that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. See you, Kyle, from Jack. See you, buddy. Uh, how's the weather from Austin Stone? It's cold and rainy and miserable. Uh, Reds will be fun to watch and annoying to us this year, yet annoying to the whole NL Central and probably to the National League in general. Uh, from Keeper Dean Roach, wonder if Jag is on the block. He could be the fourth outfielder for some teams. You know, when I was doing the Dirty 35 write-up of Jose Adolis Garcia, of Jag, Adolis Garcia, uh, it dawned on me, and we forgot about this because of how good he was in July and at the end of June before he made the Major League call-up, but he was so bad at the beginning of the AAA season for two, two and a half, almost three full months. And then he caught fire because he made an adjustment, which you'll read about in the Dirty 35 write-up. Uh, he caught fire because he made an adjustment, and... Uh, other than that, when he got sent back down to Tripoli, he was back to being bad again. Uh, I like I like Jag a lot. You guys know I love Jag. I would think that he's on the block, but I just don't know what kind of value he has. I would hope somebody would take a, a flyer at him, and maybe the Cardinals can get an additional bullpen arm that makes him better in the long run. Uh, but I just Jag's the kind of player that the Cardinals just don't trade. Although I say that, but then you, you think about Josh Lucas and Bravik Valera. And they did move those guys last year to get minor league depth. And the thing about Jag is that he's older for a prospect. So, yeah, to your point, uh, Mr. Roach, Mr. Keeper Dean Roach, uh, I would think that there's a chance that he's on the block. And I would think I would think any of their redundancies or any of their excess points, like Justin Williams in particular, Edmundo Sosa, maybe even Jairo Munoz, uh, I would think all of those guys have a potential to be on the block. Uh, Schilt will play O'Neill every day at Fowler, his 2018 Fowler. That could very well be true, but the issue then becomes when doesn't happen. Because if we go back to, uh, oh, hey, GM Gersh, how are you? Uh, if we go back to what we did in 2018, where you waited until July or June to make that change, then the Cardinals will be in trouble. Uh, they moved Mercado last year, too, which is close to Jag. Again, they waited until spring, or they waited till uh, the deadline for that to happen. And that was a great deal. Remember, you guys know I'm big on John Torres. I, I love John Torres. They traded John Torres and Connor Capel, or Capel rather, for Oscar Mercado. The, the Indians did. And uh, I'm not as big on Capel, uh, who you know is a guy who got into a bar fight with Cody Clemens, or uh, Casey Clemens rather, uh, Roger Clemens' son, and filed a lawsuit against a bouncer uh, for assault, I believe. Uh, but John Torres is an amazing opportunity that the Cardinals got uh, that cleared up a spot on the 40-man. So, yeah, that's a great point up early. I think you're dead on. Uh, who you got for Cardinals Hall of Fame this year? I'll say Scott Rowland and Keith Hernandez. Uh, Roland for sure, and whoever that other one is, I'm, I'm cool with. Uh, I don't really get much into the whole Hall of Fame hype other than with our boy, Ray Langford here, who we don't really talk about so much anymore now that his jersey has been sent to the rafters. Uh, we love you, Ray Ray, you're the best. I hope to reach a point where I get to work with you someday, uh, Craig Mish. I do too. Uh, I'm gonna finish off my, uh, my tea bourbon here. Just water and bourbon from here on out, fam. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Hardfire said a little while ago, see people wanting Keichel, where would he fit? Uh, Wayno isn't starting in the pen. Uh, look, I, I want the Cardinals to get better in every capacity. I'm for them signing whoever they can to make the team better. Uh, what I will say is I like a lot of their internal options. You guys know I'm a big Genesis Cabrera fan. 
You know, I'm a big Ryan Helsley fan. John Gant is out of options. Uh, I'm not saying any of those pitchers are on the level of Dallas Keuchel, but what I know is the Cardinals aren't the type of organization to go and get Keuchel when they have a surplus of pitching options, even if those options aren't on the same level as Dallas Keuchel. So, look, I'm all about the Cardinals getting better. Dallas Keuchel would make the Cardinals better, especially if it was on a two- or three-year contract, uh, which, you know, he's holding out for more than that, it would appear. Uh, but I think that if I know one thing about the St. Louis Cardinals, Dallas Keuchel is a moot point because they have a full a full rotation with Seymour, Jack Flaherty, Michaelis, Waka, and Wayno, and then they have plenty of guys, at least five, maybe even eight guys, who have a potential to fill a role in case things get weird. Uh, who makes a right field decision if Fowler doesn't turn around front office or Schilt? It needs to be Mike Schilt because the front office will wait and wait and wait, and Mike Schilt probably can't allow it to get to that point. Uh, GM Gersh, I'm ready to watch Lane Thomas. That's right, GM Gersh. So, Lane Th <coughs> pardon me. Again, I've been dealing with this head cold, sinus infection stuff. Uh, I apologize for any type of coughing and any of that stuff that's going on. Please bear with me as I get a bunch of snot up in this area. Uh, Lane Thomas is a top 10 prospect in the organization. I'm really proud of the write-up that I did for him. It needs a bunch of editing and some media put into it. We're probably three weeks away, four weeks away from getting there. Uh, but I'm anxious to see what he has to. Wouldn't J-Mark get a look before uh, uh, T.O. Terrell Owens? I would think so. Um, yeah, Tyler O'Neill. So, I would think that, so, yeah, that's a really good point, Randall, Randall Rhodes. I would, I would think so. Remember, there's one thing that we saw in September of last year, and it's that Jose Martinez, like, hitting style meshes better with what Mike Schilt wants out of his lineup than what Tyler O'Neill gives as a powerhouse. But maybe, 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 and hopefully, uh, the, the Jeff Albert, uh, asterisk, the Jeff Albert situation ends up Creating enough contact in Tyler O'Neill's bat where Mr. Schilt feels comfortable going to him. What I know is that Tyler O'Neill is a better outfield, uh, outfielder by far, uh, than Jose Martinez. And the Cardinals defense, I mean, you're hoping for the best. And yeah, I know that there was an article written where they said that they could have five gold glovers and they didn't even mention Harrison Bader. Uh, but I gotta tell you that the better the defense, the better. Are the Blues back? Hopefully. Man, these last six games have been fun. I'm sorry I missed today's game. Uh, but yeah, here's to the St. Louis Blues as we go full bourbon. ZSTLJ says Periscope pisses me off. I'm sorry about that. Uh, ah ha ha, at Kyle got dirty with his 35. Yeah, we get super dirty. You guys know the dirty 35. Again, at Birds on the Black, I'm counting down my top 35 prospects in the organization. Uh, on Friday, I released the graduates. Today, I released the 10 players that are, uh, we call it the March of the Prospects, the 10 players who didn't make the list, and that was 10 write-ups of 10 players, and then 20, 20 thoughts on 20 additional players, uh, and then a, a couple little shout-out there at the end. Go to Birds on the Black, read that. The article that I wrote today, I am extremely proud of. It's rare for me to feel proud of an article, and Ashley helped edit it a little bit, and Gifts made a great picture where he superimposed uh, heads on the penguins. Uh, it was beautiful. I loved it. I'm really proud of that article. Please read it. Please give me your thoughts. Uh, and uh, thanks for reading. My college team is playing in STL in March. Haven't been back since I was a kid. Can't wait. Hex, let us know, man. I'd love to grab a drink with you, man. That'd be awesome. I, and I hope I wish you guys the best. Should we be half chub or full chub on Helsley? 
half chub until you see Ryan Helsley uh, healthy in spring training. And when you see him healthy in spring training, get that thing nice and hard and get ready to slap it on anything you can find. How is Sandy El Contra these days? I will leave that to Mr. Mish. Mr. Mish is more suited, uh, better suited rather, to answer that question. What I will tell you is I was reading earlier last week that he looks poised, uh, looks healthy entering spring training, and I would expect him to get... Again, I don't, I'm not as dialed in as Mr. Mish is, but it seemed like he was due for 20 to 30 starts in that rotation this year. Uh, we'll see. Uh, as a resident blues guys, they've been back 12, 4, and 1 since the turn of 2019. Uh, Kyle, you're the champion. Mr. Mish, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sandy, my man. You know, Mr. Mish, one thing that I really appreciate about you, other than how awesome you are, like you were awesome with the Atlanta fan base during the real Muto trade talks, uh, but you also like, it seems like you have a respect and, for the players. That maybe, I don't, let me let me rephrase it. It seems like you have respect for the players that allows you to bridge a connection that maybe some other journalists don't. And that isn't a, that isn't even a talk about any of the STL journalists. I'm not saying anything about that. But it's something that I appreciate because it, it creates another layer of depth in your writing and in your uh, like you know in your in your view. And I appreciate that and I like that. And I think that's incredible. And I don't know if necessarily that's prevalent in a lot of journalism today. And I think that that's partially. Because players are so on guard, and I think it says more about you uh, that you can actually break through that wall than maybe it says about anything else. Uh, whatever happened to Hazel Baker and Xavier Scrubs? Haven't heard anything from them in forever. Well, Jeremy Hazel Baker is playing, I believe, in Japan. It might be Korea. Uh, I'm sorry about not knowing for sure. I saw some video of him playing Pepper last week with his new teammates, and he looked like he was having fun. Xavier Scruggs is actually making his way back from the KBO and is looking to sign. I don't think he's signed yet. Uh, but he was looking to sign as a minor league free agent or get a get a contract somewhere to play back in the States. Uh, who would play center fielder if Bader, Bader and O'Neill slump? That's Lane Thomas would be my guess. Uh, more than likely, pardon me. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, more than likely, Lane Thomas and Jose Adoles Garcia would be one of the first two called up. Uh, I would say Lane Thomas because Lane Thomas is probably the better player. And uh, it would be him would be my guess. But then again, don't be surprised if the Cardinals do something wacky. We saw in September that they felt comfortable putting Jairo Munoz out in center. Although that's something I am very against. Uh, it could very well be him. Uh, let's see. I have a serious question and I want honest answers. So you so you heat ass. I do eat ass. I'm excited about Albert's return finally. I am. It's just, it's still so far away, Randall. Hopefully he's healthy come then. Uh, let's see, not a whole lot to like, Cecil, uh, you're forgiven, yeah. So, uh, uh, Mr. Mesh, a big, I'm a big fan of the show that's on, uh, uh, here locally on 590 called The Morning After with Jim the Cat Hayes, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, and, uh, Tim McKernan. And they had Brett Cecil on during spring training, and their spring training show's the best because it's goofy and it's fun and players are playing around. And they had Cecil on, and Cecil wasn't having any of it. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. I like Brett Cecil a lot. I, I want the best for him, but he just, that guy seems like he's gone through some stuff, as we know. And, you know, wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, TMA, that's right, Mr. Mesh. I, see, I think, I thought you had been on there, and I know that you're friendly with Jimmy the Cat Hayes in particular, and uh, I love that show. That, like, I love everything about that. Uh, a lot of my personality comes from that. It's been on the air for 15 years or 14 years or something like that. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Reported, Sam Hopkins. Attaboy, Kyle. It's 2019, folks. Expand those taste buds. That's right. Look, I'll get in and taste anything, really. Uh, uh, more excited to see Trout play, LOL, for Mar March, Hay uh, uh, March Hayden. That's a great point, right? We're so focused. <laughs> That's a really great point. We're so focused on Albert Pujols coming back to St. Louis that we forget that about the opportunity to see Mike Trout and even Andrew Elton Simmons, who, I mean, I'm excited to see that for sure. 
Uh, Josh asked, I don't know if we've covered it yet, but did you see the Blues game earlier? I did not get to watch it. I was at work today. <laughs> TMA STL show is where I fell in love with Paul DeYoung. Yeah, great stuff, man. Not really, you know, we've talked about uh, TMA all the time. Uh, let's see. Seeing Trout play is something everyone must do. Yeah, and Otani, if Otani's healthy, and hopefully, I mean, he'll be, well, that Otani thing could be interesting, right? Because there won't be a DH, and he might not be pitching, so you might not get to see much of Otani. It might be an Otani or Pujols thing in some capacity, depending on how they jockey their infield and outfield. Uh, Blues are now good. They are, as uh, intern Maddie said. They're 12-4-1 since uh, the new year or something like that. I saw Trout for the first time uh, last year at Target Field. Hey, Matt Trueblood's here. So I've got to tell you, uh, Matt Trueblood a couple months back made a comment about Prospects After Dark and Birds on the Black and this being like a frantic shit show. And I, he immediately endeared himself to me. But I had never followed him. And it wasn't until recently that I started following Matthew Trueblood. And I've got to tell you, for baseball prospectus, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Trueblood, too. I feel uh, I feel uh, flattered to have Mr. Mission, and Mr. Trueblood in here. Uh, they're incredible people. So I- I'm going to raise my glass one more time to Mr. Mish. This one also going to go to Mr. Matthew Trueblood. And then while he's in here, because I haven't cheered him since he first came in, Mr. Jason Hicks, the godfather of prospects after dark. I raise my glass to you, sir. You're the best. You know, I was worried that uh, my little health condition here wouldn't allow me to really get deep into prospects after dark, and here we are an hour in getting after it. So, Wayno pitches to Albert, and what happens? Uh, that's, I imagine, I would like to see something goofy happen, like that first pitch be like Randy Johnson and John Crock, like something goofy. Uh, more than likely, we won't get to see it, is how I'm hedging my bets. Uh, but if it ends up happening, I would like to think Wayno just peppers him with curveballs. Uh, I have a good chance at living near Phoenix soon, so I'm pumped to wear an STL Goldie jersey at Chase from Josh. Josh, I wish you nothing but the best, man. I hope you get the job that you want, uh, and that would be really awesome. And hopefully you get to do it while they're there, and that would be even cooler. Uh, swing and miss on a curve from uh, John Zancana. Yeah, just like peppering him with curves, peppering him with curves, and then beating him with like an 88-mile-an-hour fastball right down the pipe. Uh, tip of the hat, then, a double to the gap. Yeah, I would imagine that Wayno. Probably smiles a lot. Albert smiles. Wayno probably tries to get Albert to smile. Yachty probably says something goofy to Albert. Albert's probably all business, trying to block out the emotions after he tips his hat and all that stuff. I imagine there's some giggling. And then hopefully a big cut from Albert that is either a big swing and miss or a big home run, something like that. Uh, Rocky cards, MLCS will be exciting. I would love for something like that. You guys know I love the Rockies. Uh, let's see, Sexbot asks, Kyle unironically saying he was worried he couldn't get deep. No, yeah, that's definitely not it. Yeah, I can't get deep. Uh, imagine if Albert hits a home run at Bush, it's going to be incredible. How deep do you scout prospects? Are there certain colleges you watch? Hey, that's from my cousin Charlie. That's a really good, a really great question, Charlie. So let me tell you about how, how I scout prospects. Like, I go super deep. I try to find, uh, like deep high school prospect reports on these guys. Collegiate, I like to try to find video. I watch a lot of video. I watch a lot of YouTube video. I've made contacts with some people that I know uh, that they send me video whenever I can get it. Uh, I go as deep as I possibly can. There are certain colleges that I like to watch for the last couple of years because I was such a huge Seth Beer fan. I've been watching Clemson, and that's how I knew about Chase Pinder and why I like Chase Pinder a lot. Keep an eye on I watch Ole Miss uh, because of some of our fans like Wesley Wells and uh, – uh, uh, the uh, C70, Daniel Shoptaw. I've been keeping a closer eye on Arkansas. Uh, I don't get to watch very often because my schedule's busy, but I usually if I have ESPN uh, Live on or whatever the hell that app is that I pay for that I didn't even realize I was paying for, uh, 
I, I'll watch whatever college I can find. And a lot of times it just goes to like knowing the prospects that were drafted out of high school that didn't sign, that were big deals, that didn't sign, that went to college and keeping an eye on them. And also like looking at some mock drafts, four round mock drafts, and just trying to keep an eye on those guys and then watching those teams at the collegiate level. Uh, seems like Oregon State always has big prospects, yeah. So that'll be one thing I'll be keeping an eye on uh, because of Rushman in particular. Uh, and also their starting pitcher right now, who I can't think of, who pitched like a mensch that has an amazing split finger pitch. Uh, and I'm so stupid, and I'm sorry about that. And a good slider, too, and a solid fastball. He'll probably be at first-round pick, too. Uh, so if you watch Arkansas, what are your thoughts on Matt Cronin? So I think Matt Cronin, and I could be wrong about this, but I think Matt Cronin's from, like, the St. Louis area. And other, like... Other than that, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay out of it. I don't know enough about Matt Cronin. Uh, what I will say is that Arkansas team's really good, and they're full of a lot of good, uh, good talent. And again, I probably get Cronin mixed up with someone, so I'm gonna stay out of it. I, I haven't had time to really dig in, and I apologize for that. And I've been so into the Dirty Thirty Five. Uh, actually, real fast, I'm gonna show you guys. This is what my Dirty Thirty Five board looks like. Boom, just like that. You see that? It is a big whiteboard, and it's a disaster. And uh, good luck screen shooting that. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, okay, so, S. Moore asked a second ago, hold on, boy, we got a disaster here. Uh, I know it's early, but do you have any realistic favorites for the Cardinals to draft this year? I do not. I am sorry about that, S. Moore 15. Uh, I have not. Let me, you know, we tried to do this last year. Let me get through the dirty 35. Let's get to the regular season. The, the Cardinals' regular season starts at the end of March. And once we get through the Dirty 35, then I can start investing time in other areas. But the Dirty 35 takes so much time and so much editing and so many videos and so much work that I don't have time to really dig in. Uh, sorry about that. I, I, I promise I'll, I'll try to be more aggressive about that stuff in the future. Uh, if the Cubs don't win the World Series, is Madden gone? I think that that depends, right? I think if the Cubs go to the NLCS, he stays. You know, if they go to the wild card or the division series and they get blown out, he could very easily go. If there's turmoil, he could go. Uh, you know, I think it just all depends on the situation. But I do think there's a chance that John John Madden, oh, God, Joe Madden uh, might find his way out of the Cubs organization. It seems like, from the outside looking in, uh, not knowing exactly what's going on but only reading national reports and stuff like that, that it is, it is kind of a hot seat situation. We're just going to have to wait and see. Any new pad merch coming from Josh? Not yet. Uh, cards, gifts, and I want to be very specific about what the next round of Prospects After Dark merchandise is. Uh, I love these beanie caps. If I wasn't sweating already, I probably have a fever. I love these beanie caps. Look at this beauty. Uh, my purple one's over here. I'm going to reach. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I love these beanies so much. I'd love to sell these to you, but it's going to be weird to sell beanies come summertime. Uh... Look at this purple thing. God, I love it. Purple drank. Have you ever actually drank coffee out of one of those old shoe pots like in the poster? Yeah, of course I have. Charlie. Now, not one of the big ones I've never have, but uh, at Comet, before I started drinking out of my fancy mug, I've drank the pot at Comet. Uh, I am scared. You should be. Yeah, that's going to be a gift later. Uh, I'm scared. I feel violated. What the hell? Uh, my opinion, the Cubs have laughable under, laughably underachieved with this core and all central titles aside. I wouldn't say laughably underachieved. I just think for a while there, it looked like there was a chance they were going to be a dynasty. And I like to say dynasty because I've been watching Game of Thrones. And uh, uh, the uh, 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 Tywin Lannister says dynasty. I like that a lot. I think it seemed like for a while they were being painted as having a dynasty, but they've, you know, they've gone to NLCSs. It's not like they just went to one world series and fizzled out. 
You know, they've won the Central. They've gone to a couple NLCSs. It's a good run. It's just, it's not easy to win world champions. I don't think they've underachieved. I think that they'd do well to win another one and then make everybody feel a lot better, uh, except for Cardinal fans and myself, now that I say it. Uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know if they've underachieved. I just think that maybe we, we knew how much they had and how talented they were. And I think maybe we expected to have like a really long run of just shitty Cardinal fans having to deal uh, with the Cubs being good for a really long time. I ask again, will you pat on Game of Thrones Sunday? I will not. No, no, we'll, uh, sorry, Q for Dean Roach. So, when we get to the season, remember, we're gonna augment prospects after dark. We'll go back to doing a Monday night or a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, whatever night the Cardinals are on. Uh, Cardinals run on top is greater than the Cubs run on top, I agree. Tyler Cook is from St. Louis, just found that out, there you go. Anyone heard about Portland, Oregon building a, st a baseball stadium? Big deal, in my opinion, from Josh. It's something that they're working on. They haven't started building it. They have a great spot for it, although it ended up being a weird spot for it, too, at the same time. I right, we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, the Cubs got red wedding last year. Oops. I feel like the Astros aren't going to be a dynasty. Uh, again, the dynasty thing. So, you know, just to kind of put it into context, uh, because of how good the Patriots are, I think that we think that really, really, really good teams can win a bunch of championships. And because of what the Giants went through where they were winning every other year, we think it might be easier to win than it actually is. Um, but I, uh, you know, I think the Astros have been really good. Are they going to put it together year after year? I don't think so. But, man, you can't ask for much more success than they've had in the last couple years. Uh, I, look, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm not a big fan of, like, the whole dynasty talk, as you can tell. As my skin crawls, as I talk about it, and I fumble over it, and I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, what I know is that if a team is really good and is continuously making the playoffs uh, year in and year out, that's a nice little run for me. And that might not be a, a winning dynasty, a championship-winning dynasty, but it's still a dynasty that as a fan you pull for. Uh, why do you think the Brewers, from Whitewater Attorney, our good friend Adam Van Grack, uh, why do you think the Brewers predict... What do you think the Brewers prediction and Cubs prediction uh, have been inconsistent in national media? Look, everybody has their own algorithms and, and stuff that they run through to get to their win projection. And I think it's just the difference between the algorithms. Like, I can understand why one algorithm might look at the Milwaukee Brewers and they're starting pitching and think, this team is only going to win whatever amount of games. And then I can see another algorithm that is heavy on offensive production looking at the Brewers and saying, that's an 89-win team. Uh, you know, uh, my thought is predictions are fun, right? Predictions are a lot of fun, and and uh, projections are even better, like a lot of fun. But they don't really have basis in reality. The, it's basis in the past, not basis in the future. So, you know, they all use different things to calculate their formulas, and they're fun, but don't get too uh, excited about them one way or the other. Uh, Rockies in the West, Cards in the Central, Braves in the East. I can get on board with that. Found a Ryan Dempster card and an old shoebox of baseball cards. I defaced the thing. Uh, important, Bryce Harper is still a free agent. Fits perfectly on this team. I agree. Uh, Tyler Cook and Jason Tatum dominated my high school. That's true. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. No, I'm glad. Don't make me Sophie's choice. <laughs> you and uh, Game of Thrones. I would never. Uh, I would have a Sophie's choice in between doing this and Game of Thrones. Will Aaron Otto ever win an MVP? I'll say no, but that's only because I'm hedging my bets. Uh, winning World Series. Series is very hard. Winning cha like league championships are very hard. Prediction where Harper and Machado land. Uh, I will say that all this talk about Harper in San Francisco is just leverage against Philadelphia. I think Harper ends up in Philadelphia, and I think Machado ends up in the White Sox. Uh, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Uh, the Avengers trailer. Baseball in Portland needs to happen. I'm for it. 
Um, I Look, my brother lives in Portland. I, I think that they would have a logistic nightmare, especially getting in and out of the stadium where they're saying. Uh, it'd be tough by the, the river where they're saying, but I would love for it to happen in some capacity. Uh, I, I'm for it. I would like, uh, personally, just not thinking logistically, not thinking about like what's best for baseball. I would love a team in Montreal. I want the Expos back, and I would love a team in Portland. I don't know if it would work out or not. I'm not smart enough for that. Uh, thinking it through, I guess all this tanking makes dynasties less likely, potentially, or more likely. Like, I think there could be an argument made that all the tanking makes it more likely because there's less competition for the top rung. But, at the same time, you're talking about, like, three- or four-year turnovers for organizations where they're stacked three or four years later, and they get their chance at a run at a dynasty. But that's a, it's an interesting concept and an interesting conversation to have, Charlie. Astros are in the biggest city with only one team. They have the tools to build a dynasty. Could very well happen. So you have like four to six really freaking good teams. Yeah, I would think more likely since fewer teams compete. Are you surprised that the Giants are you surprised that the Giants talking about Bryce Harper? I'm not. Look, any team this late in the free agent process, any team that isn't talking about Bryce Harper is stupid. Uh or involved in talks with Scott Boris is stupid. Unless they have, you know, Michael Brantley, George Springer, and then the other 15 outfielders that the Astros have or what the Dodgers have. Like, any team that has a depth issue out in the outfield should be addressing, should be talking to Scott Boris and Bryce Harper about bringing them on. Uh, I'm going to skip. I'm more likely to get an in-year extension to Arenado or Goldschmidt. Pardon me, guys. Hold on one second. <laughs> I apologize for that. I'll say Arenado. Hold on. Ah, uh, sorry. I uh, think Phillies are going to be legit contenders if they get Harper and Real Muto. You know, I would need to look at their pitching better. We all love Aaron Nola. That's a shout-out to our buddy Graham. Uh, but I would need to get a better look at their pitching before I thought one way or the other. Who will be the surprise team this year in the NL and the AL? Well, I'll say in the in the American League, it's the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox have a lot of depth, and if they're not afraid to go to some of these guys early on in the year, they could make an impact. And the AL Central is so shitty that they could sneak in and anything could happen. Uh, and then in the National League, I'll say the Mets. I don't know what a lot of people think about the Mets. Uh, I'll say the Mets. And, you know, Seattle, never in the American League, never rule out Seattle. I know they're doing a rebuild, but there's no telling what our boy Mr. DePoto is going to do. Uh, anything could happen there. Uh, he wants a billion dollars and no one is giving it to him. That seems like a narrative that uh, seems like a real thing. Kyle, you are a real hero. You're being that dude while sick, and I love you. Hey, cheers to you, Kiefer Dean Roach. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. So um, Hayden March says the Twins will be a surprise team. It's funny, and he says because the AL Central's dog shit. I agree. Like that's where my mind went. It would be one of those teams. And the one thing is, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But imagine if Byron Buxton has a year that every prospect evaluator thought he was going to have. He could carry that team past the Indians. And the Indians have done some weird stuff too. They're my, they're not necessarily better. Uh, I I could see it. I like that Hayden March. Edwin Pavizic. Pavizic says, what's the best stadium you've been to minus Bush? AT&T was mine, and I refuse to call it Oracle. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, you know, honestly, I was fortunate enough when I was a kid to go to old Yankee Stadium, which was kind of a shithole, but it was awesome. Uh, Fenway was awesome. Uh, you know, I'll... I'll uh, so, I want to also make it clear that old Bush Stadium, Bush 2, uh, the real Bush Stadium, the cookie cutter, is my favorite stadium ever. Uh, but aside from that, like, Fenway's incredible. 30 Ozuna home runs in 2019 are over or under. I'll say under. Uh, athletics over under 85 wins. What did they have last year? They had like 97, right? Uh, I'll say over 
by three or four. I don't think they'll be as good. Uh, sup, uh, old Bush was awesome. Hey, Jay Ferg, what's up, my friend? How are you? Uh, let's see. I think and, uh, Mr. Whitewater Attorney, you asked our question about the over-under of 30 home runs for Ozuna. I think most people would say under. If the Cardinals do sign Harper from Jake Aaron 11, if the Cardinals do sign Harper, what happens to our outfield situation? Fowler, Martinez, and O'Neal. I don't know. I would imagine at that point uh, Mr. Fowler would end up being more of a fourth outfield type. I would imagine, you know, Bader and uh, Ozuna would get a lot more rest. But, you know, what happens with O'Neal and, and Martinez? I don't know. I would imagine that one of those two guys would get traded. I uh, Probably both of them, they become expendable. Uh, and I think that's more like more than likely what Mo was saying with those comments about having a crowded and opportunities and blah, 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 is that he was just saying that like it presents a problem for them depth-wise. And since they don't have an outlet to trade those guys for their equal talent, that uh, it's not something that they would practically do. Did it really rain ice in St. Louis last night? I heard it rained ice. Uh, I can't tell you it rained ice. I can tell you at 5 o'clock in the morning... Every road was a sheet of ice. Uh, Modi didn't go out and do their roads, and it was a disaster. Uh, American Family Insurance Park. Uh, if we sign Harper O'Neill, would get shipped for pitching from Drake Man, maybe. But remember, the thing about signing Harper is that teams hold that kind of stuff against a team like the Cardinals, and they wouldn't like they wouldn't be able to leverage O'Neill for the pitching that they need. They wouldn't be able to leverage Jose Martinez for the pitching they need. Remember, the reason they held on to Jose Martinez, and you can read through the con like the lines, you can read through the comments that come from. The the front office to find out that the reason they did they didn't trade him was because he didn't have as much value uh, to other organizations as he had to the Cardinals. Teams weren't willing to like give what the Cardinals thought was equal value for Jose Martinez. So that's why Jose Martinez is still a Cardinal, uh, and also he's really good too. Uh, under the length of the stay is what should be over undered. Ooh, I don't know what's going on there, John Zancana. That seems like a, uh, something that you would break open a fortune cookie and it'd be inside of. Uh, three trips to the deal for Wayno over under from Prism underscore two. <laughs> I'll say under. I'll say two. Uh, Walker Bueller for O'Neill, who says no. Uh, the Dodgers. The Dodgers wouldn't even field that call, I wouldn't think. Uh, you know, yeah, they wouldn't field that call. Uh, will there be a Flaherty bobblehead this year or too soon? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, how long Wayno is on? I, I don't know. Uh, not one AL team was interested in J-Mart. Absolute joke. I think, look, not one team bit on J-Mart. But I would bet that AL teams and NL teams were interested in him. I just don't think that they were willing to give up what the Cardinals wanted for him. And probably, uh, of equal value for him. I shake my head about the, the Bueller question from Patrick B. Hey, to Patrick B, I raise my glass. Uh, oh, so there isn't a Jack Flaherty bobblehead. And I, more than likely, my cousin Charlie was just throwing that in there to get a rise out of me because I could care less about bobbleheads. Uh, so who are the Dodgers going to lose to in the World Series this year? Uh, the Astros again. Better Avenger movie 2019, uh, Captain Marvel, or Endgame? Oh. I'll say Endgame's better. I'll say Endgame gets all my juices firing the, the right way. Not to uh, take away from uh, 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 Brie Larson, who also gets my juices firing all the right way, uh, and Captain Marvel. I'm looking forward to both movies, but I'm so ready for Endgame uh, and to see what the hell's going on there. Uh, Andy Pants 47 asks, what does Paul DeYoung's ceiling look like? Man, that's a really interesting question. Uh, let's see, S. Moore, I was pumped after Goldie's trade, but just don't have a great feeling about the season. I think that's how a lot of people feel. Uh, ever been to Miller Park? I haven't, but I've always wanted to go. 
What does Paul DeYoung's ceiling look like? It's a tough question. Now, I've always been a big Paul DeYoung guy. But for me, like the best way to put it is 30 home runs, 30 doubles. That's his ceiling. Uh, he's a 280, 340, 520 type hitter at his ceiling. But one thing that a lot of you guys know about me is I'm not one to really invest much into what a player's ceiling is. Uh, I'm very, very reluctant to do it. And even when I talk about the prospects, I go out of my way to be very specific about saying avoiding what a ceiling is. Like ceiling's all about getting excited and it's not really based in much of a real world. So I always try to avoid that when I can. Uh, but I will say that what's most likely to have like a career year out of Paul DeYoung, I think... I do think Paul DeYoung has a potential 30 home run season in him. I think he has, if he's going to hit that 30 home runs, his double numbers are going to go way down. You're going to talk about 18 to 22 doubles. Uh, more than likely a career year for Paul DeYoung is 265, 320, 325, somewhere around there. And then again, that 500 slugging percentage somewhere around there. With a good defensive shortstop. Look, there's all this talk about Paul DeYoung as a gold glover at shortstop. You guys know, A, I don't invest much into what a gold glove is. I think that's a little overrated. Uh, it's a dumb award that's based on stuff that doesn't even make sense. Let's talk about a Fielding Bible Award. He's not going to win a Fielding Bible Award at shortstop. He's a good, above-average uh, Major League shortstop. And that's good. That's all good stuff. Uh, Lady Gaga is singing Let's Pause. I was wondering why the viewer total went down. No, uh, yeah, if I knew a Lady Gaga... My poker face... My man and man and man, my poker face, ten minutes. Is that a Lady Gaga song? I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to help you out here. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the MV3 uh, one, no picks release. Do you see the MLB Network had Bader in the top ten center fields? Good, that's good, good for him. I like that. How hard would you Bader? How hard would Bader have to struggle to get O'Neill time in center from John Zancana? Uh, <laughs> I would think that it wouldn't take long. If I was Mike Schilt, it wouldn't take long. You know, you give him the first month of April, and if he's hitting like Dexter Fowler did in the first month of April, or Marcelo Zuna was, then I would definitely be trying to get Tyler O'Neill in there. Uh, if the MLB had a revival league like the NFL has AAF, what would it look like to you? I don't know. I don't know uh, enough about that. I'm sorry about that. Who will the rookie of the year in the AL and NL be? Holy cow. I have no thoughts about that. How about this? I'll say if the White Sox aren't cowards, uh, that some... Oh, oh, God. So, in the... <laughs> In the American League, you have Eloy Jimenez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., right? And it's just a matter about opportunity there. Which one gets called up first? Who's hitting when? Uh, I'll say it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He has so much hype about around him. And remember, one of the things we've learned from past years is that if a player enters a major league with the hype around him, that really helps him win a Rookie of the Year award. That's just how it works sometimes. In the National League... I'll say Victor Robles. I'll say Victor Robles plays a big role for the Nationals as they make a playoff push. I don't know if they'll get into the playoffs or whatever, but I'll say it's Victor Robles. That's as good as I can do, fam. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the MLB is really hyping up uh, Vlad Jr. Yeah, and they should because you know what? He's really good and he deserves the hype. And I'm not one... <laughs> I'm sorry, fam. I'm starting to wear here a little bit. We might only have like 10 or so minutes. I'm not really one to like buy into the hype, but I got to tell you, as somebody who's watched Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a lot, I'll say there's a ton of, it's worth the hype. I think there's a lot of people who say Fernando Tatis Jr. might be worth the NL Rookie of the Year flyer. That could happen, but I don't know what's going on in San Diego. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Should Mo mandate Schilt that Reyes is forever a reliever so his body lasts as long as possible from tough, tough as tough? Uh, now that's something that I personally would like from like a hedging my bets standpoint, but 
I don't think it's something the Cardinals will do. And I think that the Cardinals would actually do well to let spring play out and see how it all goes. Uh, the thing about this year is that they can afford to have him as a starter or a reliever because of how much pitch, pitching depth they have. But it might be in his best interest for him to be a reliever. But one thing I do think is that we, uh, we forget how tough Sorry, I gotta sit. I gotta change. I think we forget how tough it is to be a relief pitcher. You know, uh, you get up, you get sat down, you don't even pitch. You know, four days a week you're throwing. Uh, it's hard being a relief pitcher, and I don't think there's any like indication that being a relief pitcher is easier on the body than it is a starter. Remember, part of the reason that Michael Waka is still a starter and was never moved to the bullpen is because of that scapula issue uh, and how much easier it is to be in a routine as a starter before moving to the bullpen. So you could almost even argue that it's best on Alex Reyes to be a starter. Uh, fight through adversity, somebody said. I agree with that. Uh, reliever is rough on pitching, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. That's it. Uh, Vegas, Portland, Nashville, Indianapolis, Charlotte, and Montreal could all have teams. I think that there would be a push for San Antonio. Did you say San Antonio in there? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, San Antonio is another hot spot that people talk about. There's a lot of places that have a chance to have a Major League Baseball team. There's a lot of markets, too, that would probably be of good markets for baseball. Uh, I'd like to see the this, this sport expand, and I don't know what that would take. If you don't mind me asking, what was your major in college? Uh, broadcast journalism, as a matter of fact. Don't get one of those. Uh, I didn't get one, and uh, my life's a wreck either way. Reds over under 75 wins, I'll say over. Uh, the, but only by a, a couple. Like I think what I said last week or two weeks ago when we did Prospects After Dark is I could see the Reds and the Pirates flipping. And the Pirates had like 81 wins last year. The Reds are somewhere between a, 60, or a 76 and an 81 win team. Uh, let's see. Austin is a lot better than San Antonio. And it's it's definitely a booming marketplace is is Austin. Uh, it's cleaner too, from what I understand. Uh, some of my best friends live in San Antonio or in uh, Austin rather. But San Antonio has always been one of the markets that baseball has like secretly talked about that you see written in articles when they talk about expansion. A Nashville team would be a great addition to the NL Central. Uh, yeah, Nashville. But again, like ideally, like I don't know. Nashville would be. Nashville would be. San Antonio would be. Austin would be. All of those towns, Portland, Montreal, all of those towns that that one gentleman mentioned a little while ago, they'd all be great baseball markets. And I think baseball would do well to expand to those markets now uh, before maybe the, 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 the train leaves the station. I think 90 wins will take the NL Central from Keeper Dean Roach. I don't. Uh, but let me rephrase that, Keeper. Hold on. I need a drink. I need a drink and I need a second to think. Yeah, guys, I don't have much longer. I'm sorry. Um, I get your point, right? Because the NL Central is better than it's been in recent years. So you would think that there's going to be a little bit more like feasting on each other that gets them down to 90 wins. I still think like 92, 93 wins gets it done. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Salt Lake City, let's go. Thanks for the podcast, Kyle. Keep them coming. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the kind words. Is that vodka uh, from uh, Halberstram? No, no, it's Jim Beam Devil's Cut. I went cheap. It was like 20 bucks, uh, and both uh, myself and Ashley were feeling like shit, so I just grabbed something and ran pretty well more than anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, generations of Braves and Cards fans uh, cover the state of Tennessee. I don't see Nashville as much. So that's another thing that I've actually heard, right, because of KMOX and because of Turner Broadcasting. They've kind of like divided those those southern states a little bit. Uh and also, that would make it tough for Nashville to get a franchise. But you never know. There might be. 
I don't know. I don't know enough about. Look, I'm not going to pretend. I want baseball to grow. I love. Uh, I love all of those markets. I love all of those towns. I want them to have baseball so they can have civic pride the way that St. Louis has civic pride about the Cardinals. But I don't know enough about the market sizes or television shares or things like that to really be able to predict what's going to happen. I know that I have a personal connection to Portland because of my brother Michael. I would love to move to Portland and watch a Portland team play there. And I'm nostalgic about the Montreal Expos. And I think Montreal would do well to have another team there. Uh, and other than that, I don't have much of a thought. Uh, Vegas and Montreal would be my picks. I understand that. Like, Vegas is doing so well with hockey uh, that it's you'd think Vegas could support it. And it'd be cool to go to Vegas and watch a baseball game. Imagine if the Cardinals played in Vegas. What kind of a fucking, uh, like, pilgrimage would happen to Vegas? I worry about a team in Las Vegas from Drake Mann. Uh, yeah, Eric Thomas. Woohoo, Portland. So my good friend, my good friend, one of my favorite people, Eric Thomas, I raise my glass to you, sir. Uh, thank you for being here. S. Moore, 15, asked a little while ago, how much is Griffin Roberts delayed by suspension supposed to be a fast mover? So the best way to put it is uh, Griffin Roberts, his suspension will start at the beginning of the minor league season. The minor league season starts about April 4th or April 6th. He'll be ready to go by the end of May. Now, remember, one thing, and I'm glad we're talking about this with Griffin Roberts. Uh, when the Cardinals drafted Griffin Roberts, all those morons on the MLB network, Peter Gammons, uh, whoever the hell the other guys were, Peter Gammons, Harold Reynolds, they all said this is a guy who might be able to contribute to the major league level out of the bullpen this year. That's not the case. Look, he had his changeup. The other. <laughs> I'm sorry to get worked up. All right. He was never going to contribute last year. Why? Because he moved from the, the bullpen to the rotation. Those are extra innings. He was never ready for the major leagues. He was never ready to have the innings impact that would come with a long run into September or October. The other thing to remember is the Cardinals are going to use him as a starter. And he still has work to do on his changeup. And he still has work to do on his fastball. And his slider is amazing and wonderful. And something that actually gives me a, like a violent orgasm when I watch it. Uh, but it still has work in comparison with those other pitches. It needs to work better with those pitches. He has mechanical issues he needs to work on. So how much did it set him back? I don't necessarily think it set him back very well, like very far in the long run. I think it was always next year or the year after where he was going to make a major league debut. And I think all that this does is make that more certain. Uh, hopefully the Cardinals aren't overly aggressive with him. They don't need to be overly aggressive with him. They need that starter because after this year, they only have Flaherty and Martinez under contract. Uh, when are we going to see another guy come to the majors out of the draft? Hopefully never. I hope that uh, the Reds learn their lesson from using Mike Leake straight out of the draft uh, into major leagues because he could have used he could have benefited uh, from a uh, uh, a little minor league time. Josh uh, Jastical says this has been a great pad. Thank you so much. All right, we are we are indeed close to the end of our prospects after dark night. Uh, as you guys know. We get to our last couple toasts. We're still going to answer questions. We're still going to go. We probably have another 5, 10, 15 minutes left. No telling. Uh, but to you pad people, I raise my glass. Look, uh, you make this all worth doing. When I'm doing my Dirty 35, when I released the graduates on Friday, when I did the, the uh, March of the Prospects today, I'm thinking about you guys. I'm thinking about talking this with you guys. Uh, didn't the White Sox do it with Carlos Rondon? No, they did not. Uh, he got some time in the minors. Uh, what a short pad, so lame from Casey. We're in like an hour and 20 minutes, Casey. Uh, my, the, my pad people from Casey who took pad on a, uh, uh, his prospects after dark shirt on a, uh, uh, European road trip. To you guys, I raise my glass. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. Uh, 
Uh, if you end pad, that means I have to actually start studying. Don't worry, we still have a, uh, uh, we still have a little bit of time. S. Moore says, uh, Finnegan was co close. Brandon Finnegan for the Royals. The Royals drafted him, and then, uh, by the spring, by the time they got to the playoffs, he was pitching out of their bullpen, and he played a very important role for them. Uh, but that actually hurt his development a great deal, and now he's just like, waiting in the minor league waters. Didn't catch on with the Reds, and I think he's somewhere else now at this point. Uh, I just made a Manhattan, goddammit, for my, my cousin Charlie. Don't worry, Charlie, I've got, I've got this much booze left, whatever, if you can see, and, uh, well, we're gonna hang out for a little bit. Uh, watch the Cardinals finish last with 80 wins. That's a fucked up thing about baseball, right? It could very well happen. The Cardinals could just as easily finish with 75 wins as they could 95. Why does anyone give Rick Ankiel the time of day anymore? Uh, that's an interesting question. It's because he would be an amazing story, and you know what? That curveball, as we saw in that independent league game that he played in, was still amazing. Honestly, it was still like a top 30 curveball in Major League Baseball. His velocity was around 87, 89. Uh, why? The better question is why not, you know? Honestly, like if Jim Edmonds wanted to come back and you thought that he could help the team, let him give it a try. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, you say, hey, it's not going to work and he retires for good. Can't count on beating up on the Reds anymore. You can't. Hopefully you can count on beating up the Pirates the same way that you beat up on the Reds, but I doubt it. Uh, hey, you end every pad with happy hunting, but you never specifically say what we're supposed to hunt. Uh, you're supposed to hunt human. Hunt human. Taste human. Human flesh. Let me know how it tastes. Don't do any of that. Oh my god. Just hunt whatever you want, girl. I want you to hunt good gas prices. Uh, I want you to hunt uh, clean and efficient energy sources. Uh, let's see. Do you get burned out by baseball by August? I don't. Uh, somebody says... Uh, my villain of the central will be Puig. I like Yasiel Puig, so I won't, I won't say that. I'll say Matt Kemp. How about that? I will just see Ankiel in Springfield this year. Uh, Ashley said that nostalgia is part of the reason why anyone would give Rick Ankiel the time of the day. I agree. I'm one of those people for sure. Uh, could Gendry make it to AAA by the end, the year's end? He could, but remember, usually those guys that come back from Tommy John surgery, by the way, we're talking about Steve Gendry, the Cardinals fourth round draft pick. Uh, who missed all of last year. Well, who had Tommy John surgery at the end of February or the beginning of March in 2018. He'll make his organizational debut at some point this year. But remember, the one thing about guys who come back from Tommy John surgery is they usually have a little bit of a command control problem that follows them for that first year. Uh, so I'll say no to AAA unless it's the AAA playoffs. Uh, that's the only way. The NL Central got way more entertaining with Puig. I'm so excited about that. Yachty for president. Who cares if he wasn't born here? I personally don't. Uh, who are you most excited for prospect-wise from Flunky? Uh, that's, that's a loaded question, right? Like, who am I most excited to see make their Major League debut? Again, Henesis Cabrera and Ryan Helsley. Who am I anxious to see this year? I want to see what Evan Kurchinski and Dylan Carlson can do. At the lower levels, I want to see where John Torres starts. I want to see what Malcolm Nunez can do. Uh, I want to see if Johan Oviedo can make the next step in his development and start stop walking people. I want to see if Max Schrock just had a down 2018 and if maybe he reclaims his spot in 2019. I want to see what the bullpen combo of Darian Gonzalez and Junior Fernandez and Hector Mendoza and Seth Elledge uh, what they look like. I want to see if Andrew Morales can come back healthy and contribute. Uh, I want to see if Ron Helravelo can make a major league debut. I want to see if Delvin Perez can replicate the June and August, or the, the July and uh, June, July that he had at State College and hopefully forget the August he had, which really set him back. I want to see if he can keep the hustle and his defense level up. 
Uh, I want to see if Justin Williams has anything in the tank. I don't think he does. We're going to see. I want to see if either Chase Pinder or Scott Hurst can claim a... like a standing on top of each other as a potential outfielder contribute outfield contributor at the major league level. There's so much I want to see, you know, it's going to be an interesting year in the Cardinals minor leagues. Uh, can we just bring junior to the bigs and have him throw, uh, uh, heaters, retaliatory heaters at Puig all year? No, no, he wouldn't be able to hit him if he tried. Maybe Schrock will be like Hosmer and only be good every other year. Maybe hopefully fingers crossed. Uh, Legally, Yachty could be president because he was born in Puerto Rico. That's right. If Tommy Edmond can win the MVP, that's right, which I think is going to happen. Not really. I think we're all on board there. Uh, Bill DeWitt is the biggest cancer to the Cardinals from March Hayden. Wow, those are some strong words. Holy cow. Uh, I wouldn't say that, man. I wouldn't say that. I, I don't know what would be, but your guess, I mean, I guess it's as good of an answer as any. I don't have any thoughts about it. I Look... <laughs> I think the Cardinals are a pretty functional organization. I think we were spoiled by a lot of winning, and I think we're kind of down on our, our luck these last year years. The Cardinals still haven't lost. They still haven't had a losing year. I think we're pretty fortunate for that as fans. Uh, he's invested a lot into the minor league prospects. Not in the minor league prospects. He has, doesn't pay a fucking thing for the minor leaguers. He needs to step up his game there. He needs to be a trailblazer there. But, you know, they've invested into scouting and international stuff and... I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't view anyone in this organization as a cancer. Uh, one losing season since 2000, exactly. Uh, what do you expect? Oh, I, from Jimmy Flem 50 what do you expect my boy Irving Lopez in his second full season? So for those of you who don't know Irving Lopez, Irving Lopez is one of these really... And I, you know what? Fuck me. I wish I would have put up something about him. I like Irving Lopez a lot. He's a utility player, shortstop, second baseman, third baseman type. Uh, he makes a solid amount of contact, doesn't have much of a hitter profile. He's a lot like this next generation of Alex Mejia. Not as good of a fielder as Alex Mejia was, but he's a really good player, a really great organizational depth piece. Uh, what do I expect out of him? I expect for him to be in Springfield by the end of the year, uh, if not at the start of the year, and hopefully playing an important role there. Uh, Luis Robert or Miss, let's see, uh, Scrooge DeWitt loves swimming in that coin, I agree. Uh, let's see, Luis Robert or missing on Harper, the biggest mess. I'll say Luis Robert every day of the year because of the financial investment. You were talking about investing $30 million into the ultimate wild card. He could end up being one of the best players in baseball or he could have been nothing. And $30 million is chump change. With Bryce Harper, when you get into anything that's over, like, look, even if you give him a three-year deal, what, you're going to have to give him three years, $120 million at least probably? That's a lot of money. That's a huge deal to take on. But you're talking about $30 million up front that gets you almost seven years of control, six years of control, not including minor league time. And sure, you have to pay an arbitrator. Uh, but, like, Luis Robert, not ponying up for Luis Robert is a huge mistake, even if Luis Robert doesn't pan out. And that's where it gets interesting, right? If Bryce Harper doesn't pan out at $120 million, that's a big issue. Uh, we saw what happens with, with, uh, uh, Dexter Fowler if he doesn't pan out at $85 million. Uh, it's a huge issue. Luis Robert at $30 million was nothing. Uh, who's the best guy? Who's the best guy in Springfield I should watch for when they play the Rough Riders down here in Texas from John Zancana? We're gonna have to wait and see how it all works out, how, how players are assigned. But I'm a big fan of Chase Pinder. I think he's there. He's an outfielder. He's not a great player. He's a toolsy player. Uh, Casey Meisner and Evan Kraczynski, two pitchers. You're going to want to keep an eye on them. Uh, Dylan Carlson might be there by the end of the year. Aliris Montero might be there. Keep an eye out for him. He's as good as it gets. Um, you're just going to have to wait and see how the rosters go, and those are just a couple of the names off the top of my head. 
Uh, sign Machado to one year 40. I don't think, uh, he and his people are on board for that. We are all in on this year. Uh, let's get some of these puppies on one year. Uh, you only live once deals. I agree. Uh, pay that tax and stop being cheap to it. Uh, which projected starter do you think spends the most time on the, uh, the injury list, the formerly the DL? I'll say Wayno. It's either Wayno or Waka if you're hedging your bets. Uh, let's see. We had a bunch of, do we, did we sign anyone internationally? Yeah. So the thing about the international signing periods that a lot of people don't realize is that they go from July 2nd to July 1st uh, in a calendar year. And they're still in the calendar year in which they signed Malcolm Nunez. That happened a little while ago. And there's two guys that you're going to want to keep an eye out on. One's last name is Sanchez. I'm not going to try to pronounce his first name because I'm going to uh, I'm gonna fucking butcher it. And I'm sorry about that. Uh, and then the other one is, hold on, I got I to gotta do some stuff from at... K-Y-L-E-R-416, uh, and, you know, I think his name. Ah, shit. Uh, another one is a player who uh, plays in the Mexican League, whose name I can't remember now, and I'm the worst, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, so because we made the disabled list more PC, can we make something else less PC? Uh, Wong going to be injured again. Wong is hitting 300 this year. Look, I don't care what... I don't care if Colton Wong hits 300. The Cardinals need Colton Wong to get on base about 36% of the time and hit for 10 home runs and hit 30 doubles. That's what they need. I, look, if he hits 280, it's whatever. If he hits 240, it's whatever. But if he's getting on base a ton, uh, you know, and he's hitting a bunch of doubles, we're good. And he's playing the defense he can play. <laughs> All right, guys. So I'm going to raise my glass one more time. Check out Birds on the Black. Uh, I'm doing my prospect right up the first one. Dirty 35, prospect number 35. For all you pad people, number 35 is Ron Hell Ravello. Nine-year minor league veteran. He's not your typical prospect, but I wanted to write about him anyways. The 35th prospect on our list is a wild card anyways. It's just somebody that I get to write about that I want to write about. I've never written about him before, so there you go. Uh, keep an eye out for that. That'll drop on Tuesday. The graduates dropped on Friday. The March of the Prospects dropped yesterday, or this morning, rather. Uh, read it all. Let me know what you think. Give me your thoughts. Uh, let's see. Don't tell us what to do, Kyle, from Steel Orway to you, Steel. Uh, but anyways, to my pad people, I love you guys. One last cheers to you. We have more stuff coming. Hold on. Hayden March says, goodbye, weird Baldwin man. Uh, not quite there yet. Uh, uh, happy hunting human. That's right. So... You know where this goes from here. My last cheers always, well, actually, my last cheers is usually to the pad people. My second to last cheers is usually to the birds on the black people. Uh, check out Chirps. Alex, Chris, Foley, and Tara Woman are doing amazing stuff in that pod, in that podcast. Subscribe to the birds on the black. Got them. Hold on. You can tell I'm really starting to lose it. <coughs> Subscribe to the birds on the black podcast. Uh, check out Chirps. Alex, Chris, Foley, and Tara Woman do it. It's amazing. Tara does Winter Wonderland where she has media members come on and they talk about some pretty interesting stuff. I love that. I love listening to that. Uh, this will be on there. Subscribe to it and listen to this again. Remember how stupid I am. Uh, Cards, Gifts, and Nick Childress are incredible. Cards, Gifts did the amazing penguin picture. All of the pictures for the Dirty for 35, Cards, Gifts is in charge of. Uh, he is a man peach. My fuzzy little man peach is what Cards, Gifts is. I love that Nick Childress. Ben Saruti is doing some awesome projection system stuff. Uh, he has an amazing projection system that I like a lot that I think is actually based on a little bit more reality than what you're seeing out of like Pakoda and all those other for, for individual players that 
and he's doing individual write-ups on those players. They're at Birds on the Black. Read those. Ben's putting in an amazing amount of work and a great job, and I'm proud of Ben and what he's doing. Uh, I didn't get to read it, but Eric Manning wrote something earlier in the week about the DH that was a little controversial. I can't wait to get to that. Check that out. I think Chuck Brownson still writes for us. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I imagine most of these people just want to distance themselves from me. Cards Cards is still a part of our little organization until he gets arrested or whatever happens with him. Uh so to all of my birds on the black people, uh, Stu Styles, by the way, our boy Stu Styles, who here in a matter of two months will be pumping out the most beautiful and most amazing game recaps for you. Uh, to Stu Styles, to all of my birds on the black family, which I am privileged uh, and pleasure to be a part of, uh, I raise my glass. Prism2 says every time he sees my Twitter, he thinks of Kyler Murray. So it's funny, you know, my email address, it's K-Y-L-E-R-416. For me, it was always Kyle R 416 But I have people who see my Twitter account, who see my email address, and assume it's my first name is Kyler. And Kyler Murray, so you're not in the minority. Oh, fuck me, Adam Van Grack. So Adam Van Grack also says, cheers to my birds on the black family. Adam is part of our family, too. And I'm sorry about that, Adam. God, I'm so stupid. Adam's been doing some awesome, awesome, amazing work at Birds on the Black, talking about the like the, the legal side of some of the stuff that's happening, and also giving some great opinions about the DH. Uh, he, Tara, and I are working on an issue with the Cardinals minor leaguers that I just haven't had any time to, to get involved in like they have, and I feel awful about it. Uh, not the Cardinals minor leaguers, but minor leaguers in general and pay and equal treatment and stuff like that. Anyways, uh, Adam Van Grack is just as much a part of our family as anyone is. So I want to take one last sip to Adam Van Grack, to you and your son Caleb. You're amazing people, just the kindest people on earth. Look, the one thing about the birds on the black family is that uh, they're, they're amazing. Each person is a great person. Except for Cards Cards, he's kind of trash, but he's also a good person deep deep down. Uh, it's an amazing little a group that I'm just happy to be a part of. So, uh, include Adam Van Grack to you guys. Mm. Uh, Halberstrom says, I feel like we should trade Bader now because he's going to regress. I feel the same way. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about Jake Allen. And Jake Allen, uh, the, the Blues goaltender, reminds me a lot of all these Cardinal prospects, right? A guy who you can see all of the talent in the world and just never manifest while they're a member of the Cardinals. Uh, uh, Aledmiz Diaz, Stephen Piscotti, uh, uh, Randall Gritchick. Like, that's Jake Allen. He's one of those guys that's incredible, right? Uh, as Gibbs says, we surround ourselves with good people. Uh, so again, one more time to my pad people. Cheers, everyone. Happy Sunday. Good luck uh, getting through the week. That's right, Josh. So one more time to my pad people. You guys make this worth doing. Uh, we'll start getting you... Uh, uh, yeah, no one knows if Cardinal's gift is real. Uh, it's really Mr. DeWitt, we think. Um, I'm very happy to have stumbled upon pad. Yeah, Victoria, Victoria, you're the best, too. I love conversing with you. You're amazing. Uh, everyone, look, the pad people are amazing. My pad people are great. I promise you we'll get you some more merchandise here in the very, very near future. Uh, we're going to make sure that we get you the right stuff, though. Not just some random stuff. We want to make sure everything is the highest of quality. We'll get that to you. But, again, one more time to my pad people. You're amazing. We don't do this without you. Uh, you make me want to do it when I'm sick and fucked up and I can hardly talk. Uh, you've given me tremendous stuff, so to you guys. That's it. As you know, if you watch this, or if you are listening to this via podcast form, you are part of the resistance. Uh, thank you so much for all of this. For everybody at Birds on the Black, myself, uh, my partner in crime, Cardinals Gifts, 
uh, who, again, one of a kind. Uh, everybody at Birds on the Black. Uh, you guys know, uh, the question became, as I say, happy hunting. What do you hunt? You know, all kidding aside, we joked around about human and other stuff. For me, the reason I started saying happy hunting is I started saying happy hunting at the end of the videos I was doing about uh, when we were doing the Prospect Macarena Q&As. And the happy hunting was in reference to learning about prospects. Uh, when I go and I read about prospects and I look at video and I, I dig and try to find as much information about prospects as possible, uh, that's my hunting. I'm hunting. Uh, when we do an article, little inside, little inside here for people who are still around, uh, one thing Cardinal's gift says, and I'm sorry to sell you out here, gifts, is let's cook. He's doing some cooking. Uh, when I say hunting, I mean happy hunting in the prospect world. Uh, go find your guy. If, if we haven't assigned you them, find that information uh, and dig in because that's what I'm doing, and I'm doing it for you, and I hope that you appreciate that. So uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black again, I'm Kyle Reese. Uh, I appreciate you being here, Pad People. You're amazing. Uh, uh, thanks for being a part of the resistance, and happy hunting. And this time next week, we'll have spring training to talk about. So holy cow, holy cow, wow, wow, wow.